This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. And alhamdulillah, na'maduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyiyati a'malina من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه تسليما كثيرا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجال كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعض فإن خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محتثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أعاذنا الله سبحانه وتعالى جميعا من أذاب نار جهنم من شدتها Today is the last day and the last hadith of the book that we've started some time back. And it is the book of our Shaykh Abul Harith Ali Hassan Al Halabi Al Athari Rahimullahu Ta'ala wa Askanahullahu Ta'ala fi Al Firdaus Al Ala wa Athalahullahu Ta'ala Jannatuhu Bihayri Adabin وبدون أي حساب ونسأل الله يتقبل منه جهوده العظيمة التي خدم بها هذه الدعوة المباركة التي نحن عليها إن شاء الله So today is the 40th hadith It's a long hadith So I'm going to let my brother read the hadith because after getting that operation that I had in my right eye I'm supposed to get another operation in my left eye. So my eyesight is off the square. I can't see it. And the person who printed this for me printed it too small. And I just arrived not too long ago back from London where I took my niece, who is a professor and a graduate of Harvard University, and she came here to present a paper at Oxford. My first family member that came to me here in the U.K., my sister's daughter who has now become my favorite niece since she's overtaken Buja's position Allahu Alam so she was with us as our guest and I took her to the airport today and dropped her off and came back and I found that this is what was printed I can't see it no way in the world I can't see it so until I get the other operation get new glasses inshallah I'll be able to read this hopefully May Allah Ta'ala give all of us strong sight and strong ability to hear and most importantly, may he give us hearts that understand. Not hearts of chumps, apologists, people who are afraid, afraid of Allah, people with iman and aqidah and the standing of the meaning of the tawheed and the madlulat of the kalima of a tawheed. Because when we understand you young brothers, who Allah is and who Allah isn't, then you know, as Allah told the believers to say in the Quran, قُلْ لَنْ يُصِيبَنَا إِلَّا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَنَا Nothing is going to 
afflict us, hit us, hurt us, except what Allah decreed. You will not be a mu'min as the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, until you believe what was meant to hit you is not going to miss you. And what was meant to miss you is not going to hit you. So don't you be one of those apologetic Muslims who people blow on you, and when they blow on you, you want to throw in your cards, so to speak, get your jacket, put your clothes on, and go home and leave the maidan. No. Be a man. And being a man doesn't mean being crazy and opening up doors that you can't handle, as the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لا ينبغي للمؤمن أن يذل نفسه It's not okay for a believer to put himself down and to make himself the leal. The leal is when you're down. People don't respect you. If you're a poor man and you're working and you're living off of 50 pounds a month but you don't beg and you're practicing your religion, the rich man will respect you. But if you're one of them people who beg, and you're always asking and begging, your brothers from the Muslims, you're always asking and begging, you may lose the respect of people. That's why the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that the sharaf of the Muslim is his praying at night, and his izzah is istighna'u nas. When you pray, that's a sign of you having honor. And izza also having izza is when you don't need people, even if you don't have a lot of money. As for the people who they have been defeated intellectually, the worst type of istimar is istimar of your intellect. It's bad when someone steals your land, steals your property, makes you displace compromises the istiqrar the stability of your land that's bad but the worst kind of istimar is when is when your mind has been you know overcome so my brother is going to read this inshallah I'm going to stop him and I gave this to him right before the salat and it's one of those hadith, the way the link, it goes in Arabic, you have to have some background on the hadith because you, it may read into each sentence. So we'll do the best that we can, inshallah. Read the hadith to the best of our ability and make some taliqat on it, inshallah. <clears throat> From Al-Harith Al-Ashari, radiallahu an, who said that Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, indeed, Allah the Most High ordered Yahya ibn Zakariya with five things that he should act upon them and ordered the children of Israel to act upon them. Isa ibn, ibn Maryam said to him, Zakariya Indeed, Allah ordered you with five things that you should act upon them and that you order the children of Israel to act upon them. So here in the hadith, that the Shaykh brought in the book, and it's the last hadith, 40 hadith of the du'at and the da'wah. Every Sunday we've been coming and we've been dealing with these hadith that are focusing upon the da'wah of al-Islam. And those people were given da'wah. No doubt, I'm giving da'wah now. You get on the minbar, you're giving da'wah. But every one of you is also a da'i. You're giving da'wah to your parents, Dawah to your children if you're a mother and a father. You're giving dawah to your neighbors. You're giving dawah to Muslims. You're giving dawah to non-Muslims. The du'at are not just the people who are officially graduates of this university or people who are upon the minbar and they have a microphone in front of him. Everybody is giving dawah. And that's why the Prophet told everybody here, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the old, the one who's sitting on the chair, the youngsters, the women, Tell the people about me Even if it is one ayat Something small that you are sure about Tell the people about me And the virtues of giving dawah Are tremendous Because you're following the way of the prophets And the messengers And they're the best human beings And we're going to deal today inshallah With this tremendous hadith 
that talks about two of those tremendous prophets and messengers who were relatives that were sent to Bani Israel. One of them is one of the five Ulul Azam min Rasul, Isa ibn Maryam, one of the most important of the prophets and the messengers. He's going to come back, and when he comes back, he's going to set the scales straight. There is a zulm in the world, zulm in Africa, zulm in the Arab world, zulm in Europe. Vroom in far southeast Asia, there is vroom all over the world. And people are vadama and others are mavloomun. When Isa ibn Maryam comes, salawatullahi wa salamu he is going to set al-adl in the world. He's going to break the cross. The cross, the salib, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to that Tremendous son of the Arabs. His name is Adibn Hatim at Ta'i. His father was known for his karam. If you want to say to the Arab, you want to describe a person's karam and his generosity, you say karamu Hatim. That man is generous like Hatim in Jahiliyyah. And the Prophet Sallallahu used to praise people like this man from Jahiliyyah, his generosity. His son and his daughter became Muslims. And when his son Adi came to the Prophet ﷺ, he was a Christian and he had a cross on. The Prophet told that man ﷺ, Ilqi, sanam al-jahiliyyah min unaqik. Take the sanam. The sanam is an idol. Take the idol of jahiliyyah off of your neck. So when he became a Muslim, he took it and he threw it away. So it's not okay for a Muslim to make ta'zim of the sanam. If the Prophet saw a ta'zim of the cross, if the Prophet ﷺ saw anything in his house shaped like a cross, he would break it. And it was in his house inadvertently. No one brought a cross from the kanisa. No one did that. Hasha lillah. But maybe something had broke from some wood and it had the shape of a cross. He would come and make al-amru bimaruf. And and he would break that thing. So he wouldn't wear things that had crosses in the pattern. Your child is into superheroes and things like that. The superhero has a course. Train is that. He didn't make ta'zim of that. What about what is behind the cross in terms of aqidah? That Allah has a son. And the son of Allah, Isa ibn Maryam, was masloob on the cross. وَمَا صَلَبُوهُ وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ يَقِينًا They didn't kill Isa ibn Maryam. Anyway, this hadith is talking about Isa ibn Maryam and his cousin who was Zakaria, uh, Yahya. Yahya was the son of Zakaria and Zakaria was the khal of Maryam. And he's mentioned in the Quran, and Zechariah was the one who grew Maryam and took Maryam in responsibility for Isa's mother. So the Nabi had Zechariah, Yahya had, Zechariah had Yahya, and Maryam had his cousin Isa ibn Maryam. Anyway, Isa ibn Maryam in this ayat, in this hadith, two people giving dawah. وَمَنْ أَحْسَنُ قَوْلٍ مِّمَّنْ دَعَى إِلَى اللَّهِ Who is better than the one who is giving dawah to Allah? Not dawah to his madhab, not dawah to his country, not dawah to apologizing, not dawah to his desires, not dawah to shirk. One of the big problems that we have with some of the communities where we come from is that some of the imams from where we come from, the religion that the people upon is the religion of hocus pocus, khurafat and shirk and bid'ah. So when there are problems that happen in the world, we don't know what to do because we don't know who Allah is. We don't know that Allah is al-samir, al-basir, al-qawi, al-mateen, al-aziz. We don't know that. So if someone comes and goes, we say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
Just forgive me. And we start apologizing unnecessarily. Unnecessarily. So these two people are giving dawah together. Allah made it the responsibility of Yahya to call Bani Israel to five things that you're about to hear those five things. Yahya, go to your people and give them dawah to these five things. Isa ibn Maryam, who's on the scene with him, said to him, Allah has ordered you to tell Bani Israel these five things. If you go and tell them, okay, be wa ni'mah, for be wa ni'mah. If you're slow or you don't want to tell them, I'll do it. This is important. This is important. Because Allah makes a threat in the Quran to us Muslims. He said in the Quran an ayat, about the Prophet's death. Ma Muhammadun illa rasul. Qad khalat min qablihi rasul. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah only. He's not the son of Allah. He's not Ibn Allah. He's not Hazir Nazir. He doesn't know the ilm al-ghayb except what Allah tells him. He can't protect himself if Allah doesn't protect him. So if he dies, or if he is killed, a sign he can't be Allah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to make the dua and say to Allah, Ant Allah al-hayy al-ladhi la yamut, wal-ins, wal-jinn yamutun. You are Allah, al-hayy, you're living. You're the only one who lives forever. You're the only one who doesn't die, only you. He said, and all of mankind die, all of them. And all of the jinn will die, all of them. And this hadith, tremendous hadith, showing us if we don't do the job and you worship Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you leave the religion, then you don't hurt Allah. And that's why we have to praise the companions, Ridwanullah alayhim. Allah described them in the Quran as being min al-mu'minin rijal sadaqu ma ahadullah ali faminhum man qada nahbuhu wa minhum man yantadhir wa ma baddulu tabdila this kitab of Allah the Quran ikhwani from the believer are men real men alpha men may Allah be pleased with them some of them have made the ultimate sacrifice for their religion. They were Muslims and they died for their religion. They didn't blow themselves up like Al-Qaeda and Boko Haram and that nonsense. But they got on the religion, they made Tawheed. Whoever liked it, they liked it. Whoever didn't like it, didn't like it. It didn't change them. And there are some from amongst them who are still waiting. Those are the companions. And then Allah said, they didn't change anything. They didn't change anything from the religion. So when the Prophet died, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the companions were still on Al-Islam. Now we come into the religion, and the religion that we have is a badil. We have Hazar Nazar. We have the Khatam. We have the Mawlid. We have kissing our eyes. We have these Jama'at. We have Al-Ghulu. We have a taqlid al-a'ma for the one who shouldn't be doing a taqlid al-a'ma. We have all of these issues calling it the deen and it's not the deen. So whenever the winds of adversity blow, it's foba. This one is doing something, he's doing something else, he's doing something else, and we're refuting each other. And we have the book of Allah right in front of us. We have the book of Allah. Anywhere in the Quran did Allah make the ta'veem of kufr and shirk anywhere. Did the Nabi of Islam ever make the ta'veem of Christianity? Anywhere in the Quran. As we have it today? Do we have that? 
Those companions didn't change anything. So in giving da'wah to Allah, you have to take the way of those companions. Radiallahu anhu. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu man yartadda minkum an deenihi fasawfa ya'ti allahi biqawmin yuhibbunahu wa yuhibbunahu adhillatin ala al-mu'mineen aizzatin ala al-kafirin a threat, a fact. Oh, you believe. If any of you change your religion, Allah will change you for another group of people. He'll bring a group of people because he doesn't need you. And those people who he'll bring, they will be easy with those who believe. From the believers are those who are ignorant. They don't know. They're easy with them. From them are youngsters. Easy with them. From them are women. Easy with them. From them are elders. Easy with them. They'll be gentle and easy with the Muslim who makes a khata and he didn't mean it. Easy. Like the Prophet was easy with the Bedouin that urinated in the Masjid sallallahu alayhi wa sallam radiallahu anhum ajma'in. Easy. But it didn't stop there. Easy with the believers, I said? No. And Izza, strong against the disbelievers. Does that mean that when I get on the number six bus to go to city center, I'm coming from city center, there's a non-Muslim old lady, old man getting off the bus, I push him over and use this ayah, la wallahi. From the meaning of that is, I let the people say, I let the people know, non-Muslims. Lakum deenukum waliyadeen. And for you, you revert brothers, you know our brothers who are born and raised in Islam. We were born in Islam, it was changed. Our relatives, environment changed us. I'm going to tell you, you revert brothers. You listening to me, man? You revert brothers is really important. For a person to forsake what his parents were on Christianity and then come to Al-Islam, and you allow yourself to copy what the Muslims are doing and your religion is just what the Muslims are around, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? That individual, he doesn't know. He just, it's a shubha for him. He thought that was the deen. Because generation after generation, this has been given as the religion. But you left Christianity. And now you come into Al-Islam and you can't see that you have to make sajda only to Allah. So if they invited me to make the dua in the Congress of America, they invite me. Would you come as an imam, make the dua at the Congress of America? I'd sit down as a revert and say, okay, what can I accomplish with this? And I have to really figure it out. Call people I respect of knowledge. Call my brothers. Try to make it, figure it out. But one thing I can't allow myself to do is to go in there and start making dua for kufr and shirk. I can't do that. I have to hate going back into kufr just as I hate being thrown into the fire hell. So let your religion, you revert. Let your religion be the religion of those companions. When our brothers from Pakistan, Mirpur, Somalia, the Arabs, and I'm not saying anyone is better than anyone. People born and raised in Islam have virtues. Reverts to this religion have virtues. Both groups have virtues. Both groups have virtues. But I want to tell you, revert brothers, when we hear from our brothers and sisters what the religion is, we have to say, did Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali did that? Because in some of these countries, like in the UK, some of our Muslim brothers, they don't know, are they Muslim British people first or British Muslim first? There's no problem. There's no problem to say that. I am a Muslim before I'm anything else. I'm a proud African-American man. I will not come into Islam speaking broken English or thinking, you know, I have to be an Arab. I have to do just, I'm an African-American. I love my people, the good of them. I want to give them dawah. But the kufr and the shirk and the vum and the promise, no. We are Muslims first and then we're Somali. We're Muslims first and then we're white. We're Muslims first, and then I'm a PhD holder. I'm not a PhD holder first, and that's when I'm walking around on the earth. I'm a PhD. No. No. So those companions didn't change anything. As for us, if we change things, Elijah is going to change. The people are going to come. They're going to carry this religion. And they're not going to be afraid of these people. They're not going to be afraid of the people who, as Allah mentioned in the Quran, they want to extinguish the light of Allah.
by blowing on it. And that's what the Prophet said to Quraysh, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Do you know how many times and opportunities Rasulullah was faced with Quraysh trying to bribe him? They tried to bribe him over and over because they saw they couldn't stop his religion. He was one believer, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then Khadija. And then Abu Bakr. And then Ali. And then Zayd ibn Harith. Five people. And it grew over to a billion people today. He started out by himself. And it kept growing, growing, growing. When they saw they couldn't stop it, with Islamophobic slogans, with violence, with lies, they couldn't stop it. It's the deen of Allah. They came with a brilliant idea. Hey, Muhammad, listen. We have this idea. Listen. We're capitalists, you know. We just want money, really. We just want power. We just want people to follow us in Mecca. You are upsetting that uh, dynamic. Listen, listen, Muhammad. What we agree to do with you now is one year, we, Quraysh, the Kuffar, we will worship Allah with you. And we'll leave and forsake our gods, our idols at the Kaaba. And then the next year, next year, you worship with us, our idols. Some of us right now, we'll start getting trombones, our kids will start playing, you know, these songs and anthems and stuff like that. Wow, Eureka! Instead of saying Allahu Akbar, he said, Eureka! We hit the jackpot! The Nabi didn't do that, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There is a hadith that said, that he said, if you put the sun in my right hand, the moon in my left hand, eh, I would never do that. That hadith is not authentic. So from your religion is, don't say weak hadith about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. How in the world am I going to big up a religion that they lie on Allah? That's the deen, is to lie on Allah. And to lie on the Messenger of Allah. And I don't know that although my niece who came here, I love her, and she's a minister, a preacher, we started discussing many things, civilized. I didn't slap her, spit on her. My mother, Christians. But the religion that they are is not truthful. Jesus said this, Jesus said that. And then you ask them, Jesus, where did he say that? What's authentic is that the Prophet said to them, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if you non-Muslims were to ask me to take from the sun a sha'la, just a spark of the sun, you know how far the sun is. If you were to ask me, right here in Quraysh, over 1400 years ago, 1444, if you asked me, take a spark from the sun, that would be easier for me to do than what you're asking me for. You're asking me to change Allah's religion? This is not my religion to change. It's not my religion. And if it's not for Allah's Rasul to change, my balukayahi, what is wrong with us that we change the religion? Where does it come from? So in this hadith, it's important for us to understand that people are giving dawah, we have to cooperate. Bani Israel had multiple prophets and messengers at the same time. Isa was on the scene with Yahya, his cousin, and Zechariah, his uncle, three people at the same time. Suleiman, and his father Dawood at the same time. Musa along with his brother Harun and they were there with Yusha Ibn Nun at this three prophets messengers two at the same time. So they are people who have a special position in our religion but they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. They cooperated. Musa was very strong in his you know, character. Harun was ahda. He was cooler. So I have a brother here who, his character is one way, and his character and the way he is is going to work for this group of people, and this other brother's character is going to work for another group of people, and this brother's character is going to work for another group of people, and we make a ta'awun between ourselves on the sunnah. I don't hate you because you get more likes than me, you get more people in your masjid than I do. How am I going to hate you like that? So this is what's happening. These two prophets are together. Isa is telling Yahya, Yahya, you've been commanded. If you don't do it, or if you're slow in doing it, 
then I'm going to do it. Why? Because the deen belongs to Allah. You know? Kitabullah, Masjidullah, Rasulullah. This is Dawatullah, the Dawah of Allah. Not the Dawah of your group. These groups out here. All of them are a problem. Go ahead, my brother. So Isa alayhi salam, he said to Yahya that uh, you either, so either you order them or I order them. So, order this Bani Israel with these five things to do. This is Yahya. So Yahya said, if you, preceded, if you precede me in that, I fear that I will be punished or swallowed by the earth. So as a Rasul, as a Nabi, as a Da'i, Yahya's level of taqwa was, if I don't do what Allah told me to do and relay his message the right way, it's the job of the just relay the message. It's not your job to make people follow the religion. It's your job to put pressure on your wife, your children, people under your supervision. But now Muslims, relatives, people not under your, no, it's your job. Get on the surah to mustaqim and just give dawah. That's our job. So Yahya was afraid of the punishment of Allah. And this is what we have to do. We have to be afraid that I'm not doing the job correctly. Not that this dawah is something I just shoo it away like a fly. The deen of Allah. I'm going to let the man read the thing so we can get through this hadith. So Yahya gathered the alayhi salam gathered the people in the masjid of Jerusalem until it was filled and the people sat upon the walls and he said he admonished them saying indeed Allah has ordered me with five things which I should act upon them and order you to act upon them So as the Nabi I have to act upon them and I'm telling you Bani Israel to act upon him The prophet said in the past wa ma uridu I don't want to do something else. I'm telling you to do something. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I don't want to tell you to do something. No, he has to do it. And he has to act upon it. And you have to do it. And that's why they came and they said, Ya Rasulullah, tell us something that we only can ask you. We can't ask anyone else. What is it? We're going to ask you. Do, tell us something that only we can ask you. He said, Say, I believe in Allah and then be upright. When Rasulullah took the mantle and the responsibility, he did what his Lord told him to do and he didn't shift his responsibilities. He did it. He did it. No doubt. He had help from Allah. But anybody who takes the religion will have help from Allah. So the diet, they asked to do it. And expect the people to do it as well. Abu Sama, I come here and I give him dawah to the people that I don't do what I'm telling the people to do is a big mushkila. You as parents, right? Don't look at Abu Sama, right? Because we all fall into this and Allah knows best. You're the parent, you're giving dawah. You're telling your children, don't swear, don't curse, don't, don't do this, don't do that. But they look at you. So the ayat of the Quran is, Ya ayyuladheena amanu lima tuqul, lima tuquluna ma la tafalun. Why do you say what you don't do? So this is one of the ayat and signs of the munafiqeen. They say what they don't do. So the Nabi is gonna do, and the people have to do it from Bani Israel. What are these five things? Go ahead, The first of them is that you worship Allah and do not associate anything along with Him. La ilaha illallah, ikhwani. There is no God worthy of worship except Allah. Today, coming here, I saw seven, eight kids. They were dressed nice. They were clearly visiting each other. I had never seen them in my life before on my street. And I have some chairs that are in front of my house that were thrown away. Maybe somebody come and get them. But the chairs were tipped over in the sidewalk. And these kids were hiding on the side of my building, in my house, like in an alleyway. I said to them, hey, you guys knocked my chair over? The little innocent boy, with respect, he said, no, I didn't do that, I swear to God. I say, hey, little man, don't swear to God. God is not Allah. God is not Allah. Don't say, God bless you, I swear to God. I worship God. The Arab who's a non-Muslim, the Arab who knows Arabic, when you say Allah, when you say Allah, Allah, he's not thinking about God. 
Al-Ilah, one of the names of Allah. Al-Ilah, Abdul Ilah. That is like the God, the one who was worshipped. Al-Ilah, God can mean Jesus, the sun, the moon, cows, monkeys. It could be um, it could be um, 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 it could be a statue. Allah is none of that. Allah is Allah. So young people, all of us, don't say God anymore. That's not our religion. And it's not the meaning of Allah. So la ilaha illallah means there is no one who is worth worshiping. He has the right to be worshipped. No one. And that's the first da'wah of all the prophets and the messengers. Because it's the pinnacle and the cornerstone of your existence. We ate today whatever we ate to worship Allah. We come here right now to give thanks to Allah. We pray today for Allah. Hijab, Allah. Toba to Allah. Slaughtering for Allah. Fear only of Allah. That's it. Now that doesn't mean if a lion came in here, we can't be afraid. Because I guarantee if a lion came in here, I'm going to be the first one out of the door. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna help any of the little kids. Uh, I have rahmah for you, but I'm out of the door. As long as my little kid's shape is not here, I'm not looking for anyone. Once I get out, I'll start directing you. Come this way, come this way. But I'm getting out of the door. That's natural. The fear that's only for Allah is that you think that all the people in this masjid can come and harm you. If Allah, if Allah, they can harm you because they want to harm you. No. If all of the mankind and all the jinn, past and present, came together to harm you with something or to benefit you with something, they are not going to do it, except if Allah decreed it. And that's what happened to and with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. On the way of his journey, he got hit, he got beat up, his people died, got killed. He had some bumps on the road. He's going to get the reward of that in Jannah. Jannah til firdos. But look at his religion. They have more numbers, they have more weapons, they have more everything. But who's the final winner? Who's the final winner? The winner is the one who is on the right side of the religion, the right side of La ilaha illallah. Al Muhim, La ilaha illallah. If you understood and you believed it, you won't believe in the Yarmi, you won't believe in the Khatam, you won't believe in none of that stuff. None of that. And I don't want to be disrespectful. I'm not disrespecting. I understand people, they accepted that as their religion. So the first thing that we give dawah to is La ilaha illallah. And you cannot get tired of giving dawah to La ilaha illallah. We had some competent, qualified people to come to the UK. As we've always had over the years. By Allah's permission. Ulama. Strong students of knowledge. Shiuch. One came when he was in the UK, Allah knows best, but he was probably one of the most knowledgeable people in all of Europe when he came. His name is a Sheikh Suleiman al-Ruhayri, an Asuli, a man who knows how to talk, a man who knows this religion. People of Islam said, don't go listen to him. Although our, our, our community is in need of that man's knowledge. We were in need of that man's knowledge and that man's information. So these scholars and people who have knowledge come. A Sheikh Haytham, a Sarhan. Knowledge came to our community, given dawah. You didn't have to pay anything. Knowledge. And then they teach books like Asul al-Thalatha. They see books like Kitab al-Tawheed. And then the person who says, why do we keep learning these books? Why do we keep... We keep learning these books because our community needs to understand these books. Our community needs to under, our community, not to put people down, our understanding of these books are not there. And it's indicative and it shows and it manifests itself when we have trials and tribulations. Because when a person is tried with something, his mother gets sick, he goes to the sahir, the magician. Has problems in his marriage, he goes to the magician. 
Someone asked me the other day who picked me up from the airport when I came from America. Young brother, mashallah, I remember this cat when he was 13. Now his brother's 22. He's driving now. Tall, 6'3". He was saying, you know, sister, I mean, marry her, this and that. But I just want to know, you know, she took a piece of thread and she put it from her sides, from her head to the toe. And she says, thread, she says, someone put magic on her. So she has to take this thread and write some stuff and put it together and burn it and drink it. Is that from the religion? I don't ridicule any question, but come on, Ahiya 21, 22. How many times have you said La ilaha illallah in your life? La ilaha illallah has conditions to it. That you have to have knowledge about what it is. You have to be sincere about it. You have to submit to it. You have to have yaqeen about it. You have to be on it and about it. No, that's not from the religion. So as soon as something happens, our lack of understanding of black Eli Allah, it manifests itself. It shows through. So when someone dies who's a non-Muslim, no matter what level they occupy in the totem pole in society, La ilaha illallah teaches you how to take a position like, like, like a great scholar in Islam who dies. Once he dies, La ilaha illallah tells you, only Allah knows if he's in Jannah. But we hope for him in Jannah. But we're not going to say, Wallahi, and swear by Allah. And we only swear by Allah when we say and understand, La ilaha illallah. He dies. We're going to say, Allah raised the position of scholars. They're not like regular people. The scholar's not equal to everybody else. La ilaha illallah makes you respect that scholar. But if he dies and you don't know la ilaha illallah, he dies, you go to his grave and you start making dua to him. You go to his son who came after him who's not like the scholar, and you, you start raising him higher than what he deserves. So when people die, and you know la ilaha illallah, you know how to deal with the people. La ilaha illallah, ummatil islam, we got to go back to it. I'm going to let this brother finish. I'm not going to interrupt again, inshallah. But I just want to let you know this. Listen. The hadith says, يَدْرُسُ الْإِسْلَامُ كَمَا يَدْرُسُ وَالشُّثُوبُ حَتَّى لَا يُدْرَى مَا الصَّلَاةُ وَلَا الزَّكَاةُ وَلَا الصَّوْمُ وَلَا النُّسُكُ Al-Islam is going to fade away. Islam is going to fade away. Until people won't know what salat is, what zakat is. People are not going to know what hajj, umrah. They're not going to know what the hijab is. They're not going to know aspects of our religion. And this is what's happening right now. La ilaha illallah is dying. It's dying. So the most important thing that we call to is the oneness of Allah, ikhwani. That man on that minbar, he may have the gift of gab, and he may inspire you talking about politics and all of that. And even if he's talking about politics the right way, the right way, there's no kalam more important for us to know than la ilaha illallah. You in that grave, Munkar and Nakir say, Who's your Lord? What's your religion? What do you have to say about that man? La ilaha illallah, connected to all of that. Go ahead, my brother. What are the other four, inshallah? What time is the adhan for Isha Sheikh Abu Muhammad? Hmm? The one who associates anything in worship with Allah is like a man who bought a slave with his own wealth, either gold or silver, and said that this is my house. And uh, work, and this is my work. So work and give the wages to me. But he pays the wages to other than his owner. Then which of you would be pleased for his slave to be like that? I got to mention this because it happened to me. Allah has created us. Allah gave us children, Allah provided for us, Allah gave us khair, and then the person turns around and acknowledges someone else as the one who did that. No. Listen to me, listen to me. Reverse can relate to what I'm saying. I grew up as a poor person. I grew up in the poor. I'm not, I'm not shy to say that. I'm rich now because I have la ilaha illallah. But I was poor, came in the, from the projects. 
And in the projects, my mother and my father, they worked hard. My mother worked the night shift. When I came home from school, my mother was going out of the door until 12 o'clock in the night. My father worked early. He's home during the night. My mom's home during the day. I wish it was the other way around. Wish I had the Rahma, my mom dukes. The real queen. And I guided to Islam. It was like that for years. When Christmas time came, Christmas time, that your children go to school and the Muslim teachers in the school, they put on Christmas suits of the elves. And they had Christmas parties. If you know La ilaha illallah, you have to know that you have to go to the school and say, hey, can't do that. Nah, my kids are exempt. Taking your kids out of those celebrations is more important than having a problem with them playing instruments and things like that. Your daughter taking off her hijab to do, you know, phys ed, you know, gym. Yeah, you should do that. But not letting them do those classes is more important anyway. Christmas time, my mother had, and father had four kids, four of us, two boys, two girls. My mom and my dad, with the jobs that they had, were able to buy their four children all of these gifts. What do you want for Christmas? I want this, I want that. I want a bike. I want some new sneakers. I want that. I want some pools. I want some sweaters. I want a new coat. I want that. And the things that they knew we needed. And when the 24th night of Christmas, New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve, when that happened, the 24th night, we would come downstairs, me and my two sisters and my brother, and we would walk real slow and we were nervous. We were really nervous because there was Haba about Santa Claus. We were afraid with respect that we're gonna find this man nervous. And we was going in that room and it was all of these toys with the illumination of the Christmas tree. The tree was lit and that's Kofit and Shirk. It's something that Europeans and Norwegian people, they believed God was in God that they worship was inside a wood. Knock on wood, knock on wood. Good luck. Muslim doesn't do that. Knock on wood. La ilaha illallah. No, none of that stuff. So the lights, the ambiance. Ah, oh, look at the bike. Look at this. Look. And we couldn't believe it. We were tripping out as kids. Couldn't believe it. Hit the jackpot. And we went back in our rooms and we couldn't sleep out of excitement. But you go to sleep. Next thing you know, you wake up smelling what my mother cooked for breakfast. Pork. And we're Christians. Bacon. You could smell the aroma. And they are proud practicing Christians. We wouldn't eat this. And the discussion was, so what did Santa Claus get you? He got me that, he got me that, Santa Claus got me this, got me that. And, so that. and my mother and my father endorsed that. And they worked hard. They worked hard. And they endorsed saying that a foreigner doesn't look like us, has nothing to do with us. The people who oppress us look like this man. And they said that he was the one who gave us all of these gifts that they Work their bones and skin like that, and they said that's what they said. That's how it is as it relates to La ilaha illallah. Someone says Rasulullah should be worshipped, and he swears and says, Well, Nabi, I swear by the Nabi. Ta'vim and I swear by this, uh, the Shaykh, that's what you're doing, and that's why it's a vulm. Because you're taking something and you put it in the wrong place. You're supposed to take your worship and your shukr and give it to Allah. That's what Yahya is telling Bani Israel. That when you make shik with Allah, you like the person who you own a slave. You own a slave. And you tell that slave, do this, do this, do this. He does everything and he attributes it to someone else and you're his owner. You're not going to like that. If you don't like it, how do you think that thing is with Allah, the one who created everything for you? He did everything for you. And then we come and say, someone else did it. So when the companions made the mistake, as they're men, they made mistakes. They were sleeping in the journey and it rained. 
from Jahiliya, their practice, they said, the rain came down because of this star, that star. The prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he heard them saying that, some of the people have awakened as disbelievers in Allah. And some of the people have awakened from the sleep as believers in Allah. As for those people who said, it rained because of this star and that planet and this person and this thing, then they disbelieve in Allah. It rained because of Allah. You have a baby because of Allah. Because of Allah. Everything happens because of Allah. Alright, Akhi, give us the last one. Yahya said, alayhi salam, Allah created you and provides for you, so do not associate anything in worship with him. And the second thing he said is, and I order you with prayer. So when you pray, do not turn aside. Second most important thing in Al-Islam after La ilaha illallah is the Salat. Who, as I look into this audience, some of us are struggling with five prayers a day. Some of us don't pray Salat al-Fajr. And if we do, we pray sometimes on and off. Some of our wives don't pray Salat al-Fajr. And if she do, on and off. And about our children, فَحَدِّثْ وَلَا حَرَجْ The hadith said, As-salat khayrul mawdu'a The prayer is the most important thing in terms of actions. It's more important than jihad. The jihad of Islam that we don't apologize about. But it's the real jihad of Islam. It's more important than birru walidain. It's more important than fasting. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, if you don't pray salat al-asr, Asr, it would destroy all of your other deeds. So the number one thing in Islam is a tawheed. Without tawheed, without la ilaha illallah, your salat, your hajj, your umrah, your sadaqah, your sitting here, none of that is going to benefit you. After that, in terms of these, there is no deed better than the salat. No deed. So the same thing of the five arkan of Islam, the people before us, they had it. I'm not going to interrupt it. The third thing that Yahya salam said is he said that I order you with fasting and that is the and that is the like of a man who had a small pouch containing musk among a group of people. Yes, that is like a man who had a small pouch containing musk amongst a group of people. All of them like to smell it. The fasting person to Allah is better than the smell of musk. So the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the breath of the fasted is better than the atyab misk. You know, you have bad breath, you have bad breath from fasting because of what's going on. But Allah loves that smell. He loves that fragrance. He loves it. Now the people will look at that and judge it and say, oh, that's bad. That That's abhorrent. I don't like it. But what you think and what you feel doesn't equal a gnat in a snowstorm when it goes against what Allah has legislated. Because it doesn't make sense to you. That's not important. What's important is what Allah legislated and what Allah loves and what the prophets and the messengers brought. So the one who fasts a pillar of Islam, the people of the past had it. We're fasting in Ramadan, the month of Ramadan. Their books were revealed in other, in, in, in the month of Ramadan as well. So it is the month of fasting. And generally for you, Shabbat, fasting should be a part of your life. Especially those of you who are 15, 16, 17, and you're young, and you're filling your Cheerios for the boys and the girls. Fathers, mothers, we try to encourage our kids to fast, not just wait until the month of Ramadan, because with all of the fitting going on, trust me, believe me, the fitting of the shahwa in these universities and in these schools where our kids are 15, is there. It's there. Take their minds off of the, you know, being preoccupied with that shahwa by fasting collectively to the best of our ability. That's the third one. The fourth one is, I order you with sadaqah, for its likeness is that of a man taken prisoner by the enemy. So they take hold of him and tie his hand to his neck. So he says, will you allow me to ransom myself for you? He said, so he gives them small and large amounts to escape from them. And the fifth thing I order you is to is to make much mention of is to mention Allah much 
The like of that is a man being chased by the enemy who are hastening after him until he comes to a protected fortress and so protects himself in it. Likewise is the servant. So he does not protect himself for he does not protect himself from shaitan except through remembrance of Allah, the mighty, the majestic. So we finish inshallah with this hadith. Four and five is the importance of a zakat. Isa, Yahya, they know about the zakat, the poor do. And the fifth one is the dhikr of Allah. How many of you have that book called the citadel of the Muslim with the dua in it, the adhkar? How many of you heard that book? You know that book? Yeah, Hisnul Muslim, the citadel. Yeah, Hisnul Muslim. How many of you know that book? The book with the dua. If you read the introduction of the book, he uses the last part of this hadith when he talks about the virtues of a dhikr and a dua. From the benefit of a dua, it is like a man who is being chased by people, shaitan, evil. He's being chased. He runs into a fortress like the palace of the queen. You can't get in there. Beef eaters are around them. You'll knock you over if you don't get out of the way. Cannons. Uh, on top of the can, on top of the thing, shoot the enemy. No intruders, no outsiders. He ran, he got in there, locked the door. They can't scale the wall, they can't get in. He's been protected by the citadel. The dhikr of Allah does that. Whoever's married, he wants to have relationships with his wife, he makes dua before that, and it's decreed that he has a child, that child will be protected from the shaitan. When he eats, he makes the dhikr of Allah, puts his clothes on, makes the dhikr of Allah. From the time that the Prophet woke up, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, all the way to the time that he went to bed, and during the night, dhikr, dhikr, dhikr. Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'inna al-qulub. You not well, mental anxiety, this, that. Dhikr of Allah, dhikr of Allah, the dhikr of Allah. It is important. It is the answer. Anxiety, mental health issues. You do the dhikr. You can be a person who's a da'i, a da'i. And you are a real competent scholar because you know all of the dhikrs that are important for the day and the night. You know what you're doing. The dhikr of Allah is important. And from the dhikr of Allah... From the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, listen to this, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was afraid that there can be a problem, when he was concerned that there can come to him harm from his enemies, he would say, Allahumma inna naj'aluka fi nuhurihim. Oh Allah, we put you in their necks. Make it isti'ana billah. Istighatha billah. I'm asking Allah. These people can possibly harm me. Oh Allah, Allah, Allahumma, we're asking you to be in their necks. وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ الْوَرِيدِ Allah said we're closer to Bani Adam than their own neck. And Allah threatened the Prophet ﷺ. If Allah's Rasul made up some words that are not from the religion, Allah said he would take him with his right, stop him, and then stop off his life cycle. If he were to try to change the religion. Because if Allah wants to stop someone's life, it's easy. Can I say Allah just snaps it? No, we don't describe Allah like that. If he wants to do something, he just says, being it is, it's going to happen. So the dhikr of Allah is an integral part of the Muslim. And everybody who is sitting here without any exception, we all have to be people who are making dhikr. So we're going to stop here, inshallah, And we ask Allah Ta'ala, first and foremost, to give us a thibat in our religion, and to give us ikhlas in our religion, and to protect us divinely from the evil of our own selves, and from the evil of our actions, and the evil of those who plot against us. We ask Allah for good leaders who are not apologetic about our religion. People are competent, qualified, know what they're doing. We ask from him balance. And lastly, I want to make dua to Allah to have mercy upon our Sheikh Ali al-Halabi, who is a human being, who like every human being, 
he gets it right and he gets it wrong and we don't blindly follow him but we believe and Allah is a'la and alam that the efforts and the juhud of the man in terms of his books and his dawah clearly points to the man being athari inshallah who made mistakes like everybody else but we ask Allah to forgive his mistakes and to make this book and this other ta'lifat inshallah a hujjah for him yawm al-qiyamah and being here in this country in the UK in America in Europe I'm one of those people who appreciate what he did like I appreciate what my mother and my father did and I appreciate and I have shukr to Allah guiding me to Al-Islam so appreciate the people who did good for you coming now saying that a person who helped you to become a Muslim he helped you to become a Muslim and put you on the sunnah and you come and say that that individual is an innovator and he preceded you in this religion he doesn't have to be a Sheikh Ali Al-Halabi he's a person giving dua from our duaat but because you have some personal issue with him and there's a political agenda going on you easily make tabdi of him it's a problem with our understanding of la ilaha illallah Obama says Ramadan Mubarak and then we come out and we say mashallah he understands Islam mashallah Mubarak oh, look at that man and then your brothers will call into a tawheed we make tabdi of them this recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.